Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi, ho, everybody, and welcome back to D Plus Us, the show about all things Disney. One of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffin D Padden, with me always is the amazing, the fantastic, the marvelous Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? I am looking forward to talking about what I think might be the greatest season of Marvel television we have ever gotten. Wow, you are really, really I'm very the, high on this. Hitting the ground, very running. high on this. What's up, folks? Welcome to the new year. We're still us, uh, still doing the same year, dumb same old thing. goofiness. Oh uh, yeah, nothing's changing here, but we are here today. I mean, to- my beard continues to grow. If you're watching us over on YouTube.com/slash at D plus us, I need someone to like just montage just the growth of the beard. Um, it's gotten big. It's bushy. <laughs> of course, folks, we are talking today about what if season two. But before we get into any discussions, I have a rigmarole to go to. First off, thank you for listening to the show. This is our normal. I guess every other week kind of sort of show yeah. where we talk about normally movies, shows, anything related to Disney. Uh, if you enjoy our show, please go ahead and go find us on YouTube and hit that subscribe button or rate us on podcast services. It really does help getting the show out to more people, which is kind of one of the goals for this next year. Um, you can go check out our other shows. You can go check out our weekly show right now on Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Is it a fantastic, amazing, wonderful show? And am I very much in love with it? Well, you kind of got to listen to the podcast to see. You don't have to listen to it. You see any of our socials anywhere. Like Percy Jackson is Griffin, half of Griffin's personality. The other half is, you know, bitching at me. Yeah, well, well, your word's not mine. Um, Yeah, go check out all our other stuff. Uh, We got plenty of stuff that we'll be making throughout the year. So go have fun with that. Um, Yeah, we're talking today about uh, what if season two, a... Normally, this would be the part of the show where I'd go through, like, oh, here's all the stats, yada, yada, yada. We don't really have that for this because it was a TV show. But season two... Well, also because it released over the holidays, piecemeal, one episode a day from the 21st to the 30th of December 2023, which was honestly a nice little holiday treat. Yeah, I lo- I really like this release schedule, and I think that's kind of one of the big things I want to talk about before we actually talk about the actual, like, you know what if Content. show like the release schedule of this has been great you know disney has been you know everyone really has been experimenting with different release schedules for their streaming shows um, understandable because we know that they're all other than netflix they're all losing money basically at this point no one has found a way to turn a profit in streaming yet yeah. and it'll be interesting to see how the streaming landscape changes and how much is invested in these platforms from an individual studio perspective going forward um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of years in streaming for sure. Yeah, we have um, obviously streaming has changed a lot over the last year, uh, and a lot of setups have been set to change for frankly not great changes for consumers going forward. We'll be here for all of it, of course. You know, we're, we we this is what we do a show about. So yeah, <laughs> we're kind of stuck with it. But yeah, we're talking about what if season two. I want to give a quick shout out to the animation teams on this season. Uh, particularly Flying Bark Productions, Stellar Creative Lab, and SDFX Studios for absolutely killing it with this animation. One of my biggest complaints with season one was I the 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 animation just felt off. It was hard to really like put my finger on what felt odd about it, but it just it didn't feel right. I don't know. It 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 didn't 
move the way that I wanted it to, season two takes it to another level. It's incredible. I'm so happy with how this turned out. Yeah, I never really had any issues with the animation in season one. It was not my favorite. I still massively prefer 2D to 3D. But it's, it is undeniable that they just... I don't know what they did for season two. Because like it simultaneously looks the same, but just is also significantly better. It might be just what they do with the episodes, just because it's just it's a higher standard of quality over season one, in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. I think um, we talked about what if season one episode by episode when that was coming out originally, and I think both of us were pretty down on it. There again, there were hits, there were misses, and they, it was very obvious what hit and what didn't when it came to that show and i feel like they're apart from maybe a couple of episodes here which we'll get to one of which may or may not have been planned for season one and it shows uh um, everything is everything episode. has stepped up here yeah it's everything is so much better the stories were leagues better even the one episode that was for season one i think was better than the rest of season one like I really it was did comparable to some of like the high points in season one. I see the exception for me, for me is zombies, but yeah. Yeah. Like I really do think that just, they nailed it with every bit. We're going to talk full spoilers from here on out folks. Uh, so go watch the show. Come on back. They're 30 minute episodes. It's fairly easy to catch up here. Starting it off, like right off the bat with Nebula and then like the oh, character dude. Nebula and fucking like Yonrog, a character that like, People forgot about like this man mm-hmm. existing, also- and they got Jude Law back, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. But it was basically just MCU Blade Runner mm-hmm. in the best way. Like it was just so stylish, a great way to kick off the season. Yeah, just like the the first three episodes really just set the fucking tone for the rest of the show. Like you've got the yep. Nebula Blade Runner episode. You've got what if the Avengers were like slightly earlier? So in you know, 1980s Avengers. Yeah. It's like Ch- T'Chaka, Bucky, uh, Marvel. Um, so good. And then you have happy and Hogan. Howard pulling the strings. Yeah, and then like, you have happy oh, Hogan saves Christmas, which is such a departure from all, from everything else. It is purely just a wacky, weird, fun time. It's diehard. It's MCU diehard in 30 minutes. Like, that's the thing that amazes me about a lot of these things is they they told really, really good, interesting stories and did it in a 30-minute episode, which is kind of crazy to me. They also brought in, like, one of the weirdest possible characters you could bring into Marvel stuff, uh, which is yeah. the, the Freak. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't expect to see that. Or didn't twice. expect it to be happy. Yeah, twice. <laughs> The freak, particularly with Happy's mustache, mustache in 1602, is so, so funny to me. <laughs> but it's like it was just banger after banger after banger. I I think we can agree. Like the Iron Man Grandmaster one was not the best this season, but I think it was still fun. It just I still just I struggled understand to like, like that was the episode that released on Christmas because I do feel like there were probably less eyes on it that day, especially on social. Um, I do feel like that is, for me at least, the low point of this season. See, I would say um, the low point for me was honestly... It's this or the Hella episode. Interesting. I I think the Hella episode was down there too. I think the low point for me is the finale. <laughs> the finale... So, I... The finale was... I, I think it was great. I don't think it hit the same level as the rest of the season. I think 1602 should have been the finale, but... 
we'll talk about all of that because they they are constantly insisting on like you know having mm-hmm. a insular storyline between all of these, and for some reason they are insisting on using Captain Carter for that, which which I'm okay with. I think I think. Um... Haley Atwell did a great job. I'm okay with it, but then when you introduce a significantly cooler to me uh, hero, original to your show, make the jump into live action, right? Like oh, that absolutely. has to happen. Absolutely, uh, and like, I can't wait to see how that happens in fucking Secret Wars or something. It's gonna be friggin' nuts, dude. Mm-hmm. Like Kahori is easily the best episode for me of this show. Um, for me, it's between Kahori, Kahori and sixteen oh two, but I think yeah. Kahori is just from a. I, like it's such a departure from everything else MCU that I think it was really, really well done. I think the the collaboration with the Mohawk people in terms of getting it right, which it seems just by and large by the reaction on social media, it did. Yeah, um, based off of what I'm seeing from people, so it sounds good. like they did a very good job of it. I loved it. I think it was simultaneously this really interesting exploration of a very old legend, a very classic, almost overtold legend with the Fountain of Youth. And yeah. then also, I, I like the reimagining of that conquistador story to wrap it into superheroes. Was, was yeah, really I, at first I was like, oh, why are we doing conquistadors for this? Like, wouldn't be wanting to do the original settlers or something. Based historically, it doesn't make it sense. And then they brought in the fountain timeline, right? And then they brought in the fountain of youth, and I was like, oh, that it's makes cool. so much sense. And like, not a single word in that episode, or like, I think maybe the Watcher has some st- some words. The Watcher has some dialogue, but it is largely the rest of Mohawk it is in Mohawk and Conquistador in, Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah, like it is just yeah. it's so good, it's so clever, it's fucking beautiful. Like the everything with her with uh, Kahori's powers, like when she's um, after the, I guess what were those animals. Were they were they buffalo? Would they be considered Giant buffalo? rhino elephant things? Things the crystal, yeah, the crystal, crystal beasts. I guess. Sure. Uh, like the moment after that whole scene, and she comes back when it's just a shit ton of crystals that she's just like holding with her powers, or when she portals into a Queen Isabella's throne room. Like it, every bit of it looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Like, I just, uh, yeah. So I know we're going to jump around a little bit, so I apologize for that. When we got that scene in the finale of Captain Carter getting attacked with the homage that it played to Age of Ultron, did you think that that was going to be a Quicksilver variant that popped up, or did you did you immediately clue into it being Kahori? Uh, I clued in like because... My brain went Quicksilver, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be dope. It's going to be like, it's going to be Wanda as Quicksilver or something, and then you're going to get Aaron Johnson in as the witch or wizard, Scarlet Wizard, and some weird... Like, I thought that would be so cool, See, but it's like, I oh, it's, knew, it's Kahori. I okay. knew it was Kahori because you, I just, you saw that little bit of, like, the residue her powers leave when she runs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, Kahori. Awesome. Sweet. Great. I also just... Never expect Quicksilver to pop up ever anymore. It was so like, why not? Come on, because he's dead. He got shot. They did other weird stuff. Maria Hill's in this and a couple of things. Probably she got shot. Yeah, but no one gave a shit about Secret Secret Invasion Invasion that nobody watched. (laughs) Just looking at our metrics. Yeah, looking at our own. Yeah, ours. Those that might be our worst one yet. National Treasure did better than Secret Invasion. 
Because National Treasure is a better show than Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we should probably go through these like episode by episode so we can like right. somehow. We, we tried and then we immediately got sidetracked. So we can somehow contain our thoughts on like episode by episode. Yeah. We'll go through these starting at number one, which is uh, Nebula Blade Runner shit, which is fucking great and fucking hilarious. Um, fantastic. Yeah, I still argue that Karen Gillan is one of the best actors we've gotten in the MCU. Just the range that she's had for this character across all appearances has been phenomenal. She's she kills it every single time. And but honestly, I think the standout for me on this, in this episode, other than her, she's amazing. Is honestly is Howard the Duck. Like Seth Green, yeah. Seth Green is great, but like Howard is just. Howard the Duck is actually like this kind of fun character that they really could use to do cool shit. They just don't. I I feel but... like they will. It, it's stuff like this where it'll happen, right? Like they'll do do fun stuff here where you've got like Howard, Korg, and um, what was it Groot? Yeah, Groot. Or no, yeah, just kind of chilling. It was it was Howard, thing. Korg, Groot, and Meek. Meek, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meek's making sushi. Meek. Yeah, although Meek comes to Marvel Snap in a couple of weeks, so I shouldn't have forgotten Meek. I get hyped. Yeah, I I really do love this episode. I think the you know, the Blade Runner nature of it was super fun. Like getting to see uh Nebula don the fin in, in like uh the jacket, Yondu's jacket and whatnot it was so fun. Yeah. I mean Can Peter Serafinowitz has a lot of fun here as well, and I feel like he was underused in the mcu with the fact that his character gets murked in guardians one but like he does such a great job here he's just such a phenomenal actor mm-hmm. i also think that this is the best use of like season one of the show right was very much like what if we slightly change something about one of the original movies mcu movies this felt the closest to one of those but also the most interesting way of doing about it of like hey it's this small it's a very small little detail on all of this but like, it's an entirely different story. Yeah, which is like what I really want to see out of What If. I think that's why this episode, this season, is so much stronger than season yeah. It's one. it's it it's droplets turning to ripples, and the rip like that's the biggest difference for me between season one and two. Is season one was like, what if this was slightly different, making the whole thing slightly different and framed as if it was at very close to what we got in the MCU, just slightly different. Whereas this story was entirely original because of that one small change, which I don't feel like we got enough of in season one, and we got so much of it in season two. Like the entire I will season, say basically. This, there's um, nothing that is adjacent except for maybe the Hella episode. Yeah. The I will say though that this season has confirmed it for me. The naming convention for this show sucks. Oh, yeah, these yeah, names for, sure. for these episodes are terrible. Yeah. Um, like this one is what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps, which is correct but it's so much more than that um moving on let's go to episode two which is what if peter quill attacked earth's mightiest heroes uh this is the 1988 avengers episode uh like we mentioned uh we totally skipped over bill foster by the way bill foster is part of this group uh bill foster king t'chaka bucky barnes uh dr wendy lawson hank pym peggy howard all coming together because uh Peter ran away from Ego and came back to Earth. Which they don't frame it that way initially. And I really like that reveal of just like he wanted to go home because he got tired of his dad. So like I had assumed like, again, this this season does a great job of subverting expectations where my assumption is, oh, Ego made the kid bad. So yeah, kids coming totally to Earth, the do Ego things, he's bad. 
but that wasn't the case. And Hope got through to him and they did their whole thing. And presumably this ends with, um, in this timeline at least, uh, Hank adopting Peter so that Hope and Peter can kind of build this relationship on the fact that they both lost their parental or their, their mothers. Well, it sounds like they created really, they, really they created that Avengers found family, right? Of Exactly. Like this team, at the end of the episode, this team is going off to go take out Ego. Yeah, Thor's just like, well, we got to go stop Ego because he destroyed everything. It's like, all right, let's do right, it. Right, Thor. Like, I keep forgetting Thor was in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and Thor is awesome. He's like, oh, yeah, Ego just kind of fucking destroyed everything. And Earth is just the next target, which honestly is the level of threat that Ego should have been in the movie. Yeah, he and they kind of got there, but not quite. I feel like in animation, this went as hard as it had to have like, yeah, this whole universe is fucked because of Ego, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Well, we saw because we saw it a little bit in season one with the uh, uh, T'Challa as the Star-Lord stuff yeah. at the very end, right? Where it's like, okay, that's what could have happened. Mm-hmm. But actually seeing it play out here was so much cooler and having it work of like making Peter kind of be the center point of all of it. And it's not star Lord. It's just, he's a kid. It's, it's really fucking relatable. It's really, really fun. And getting that, getting the side story of Howard trying to get through to Bucky, which he does presume for the most part or having like, you know, Wendy Lawson pop up, a character that, frankly, most people don't give a crap about. Uh, Captain Marvel. Including Annette Benning, which is why she didn't come back to, or at least I'm sure there was scheduling reasons yeah. and things like that. But it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. She exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Captain Marvel was, getting a lot of cool. uh, getting a lot of <laughs> representation in this season for some reason, which I'm all here for. Which um, is no- like, this show needed more of Brie Larson. I'm disappointed really we didn't get more of her. Um, I think we had one episode in season one with like the with Captain her. Marvel versus Thor stuff, which but, was awesome. Uh, it was awesome, and I feel like we needed more of that just that character because there's so much snark that could have been brought here that was very clearly missing. Well, don't worry, we got plenty, plenty of snark in episode three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which you got the return of frankly an extra character who has been so underutilized in Marvel and really should be brought back, and that is Justin Hammer. Uh, such a great opportunity to bring that dumb fucking character back. Which, uh, honestly, like, the villain of a Die Hard-esque scenario is kind of perfect for Hammer. Sam Rockwell is so good in that role. Sam Rockwell's just good in everything. Like, he plays up that, like, I have to sound smart because I'm an idiot so, so well. And I love how it works, like, with him against like Happy, who is not smart. Like Happy is kind of a dumbass, but he's a lovable oh, yeah. dumbass, and we love him. He's our dumbass. Mm-hmm. And like everything with uh, with the actual Avengers popping up, the way they start the episode with the Avengers fighting the freak, and we're and I'm like, wait, what is happening? When did we get Purple Hulk? Purple Hulk is new. Yeah. And for that not to even be, like, the main point of the episode. It was pretty neat. Yeah, everything about it was super fun. Very festive. I wish I had watched this before Christmas. (laughs) I watched it on Christmas Eve, and it was honestly perfect. (laughs) Yeah, this was the Christmas Eve episode. Normally, Christmas Eve, I watch Die Hard, and I got home from our Christmas Eve plans. I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm like, oh, this is Die Hard, but Marvel. So I'm just going to watch this instead now, because I don't have two hours every year yeah i, I do think have 30 minutes 
it was either the 26th or the 27th. I don't remember what day I sat telling down. you to catch up. And that was the reason I didn't want to say anything. We're just like, you need to watch this as close to the holidays as you get. It's perfect. Yeah. It really is a great one for that. And like having so many diehard references in this was so funny. Like the AI being named uh Warner Warner. And then mm-hmm. like, just, I mean, at one point they directly just referenced John McClane, which is perfect. Yeah. I also reference just a lot of movies in general in this also one. Also, just like Happy and Darcy was not a pairing that I thought I needed. But after this episode, I'm like, Kat Dennings needs to be in more of the MCU because, my God, she has chemistry with everybody. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Kat Dennings. I would love to see Darcy. Like, first off, there's a joke in this that is great, which is just Darcy never has a real fucking job. She is always an intern. Um, but also I would love to see Darcy and Peter Parker. That'd be the whole most hilarious shit to me. Uh, but also like just in general, shout out to, uh, Ross, uh, Marcond, who's the voice of Warner. Cause he also did like Red Skull and Ultron. Like the yeah, dude is Ultron all in over season one if. of what if, and has replaced, uh, Hugo weaving in all appearances of Red Skull since Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Which man, what was the episode where Red Skull popped up in this? Oh, it was um It wasn't in this season. He was in the first season. I could have sworn Red Skull popped up in an episode. One of the episodes. He might have, but I don't know if he was voiced. Like I don't oh, know if he yeah, yeah, he wasn't voiced. I think it was sixteen oh two is where I saw him pop up. Well, there's a reference to Red Skull in the finale. Right? But like Red Skull it, it, made an appearance. He just didn't say yeah. anything. And I could have sworn it was in 1602. It might have been 1602. It may have also just been the finale in the chamber when all the chaos happens. We'll get there. Yeah. Oh, he was definitely there too. I just, I think there was another one. Another, yeah. Um, I, I might have, it might have been a blink and you miss it moment because I don't remember it, but I'm sure it, it, it was it one happen. of those things where my brain was like, just clocked it. It was like, oh, why is Red Skull here? Um, yeah, this episode was great. Very fun for the holidays. Um, I also just want to quickly shout out Josh Keaton because Josh Keaton's in this episode. That's all. I mean, this whole season, he kills it as, uh, as Steve. Yeah. The yeah, 1602 especially is just, Look, it tugs I your just, I, I need to shout out Josh Keaton whenever I have the opportunity to do so. Cause as this, is your right as a podcaster. There are, there are two voices that this man knows how to do very well. And those are superhero voices. And really that's it. He does so many superhero voices. I was going to say, basically, give him Steve Rogers or Spider-Man. And Steve Rogers. He's just Steve Rogers. He's done Spider-Man. I think he's done Iron Man at one point. Um, I think he, yeah, I think he did Iron Man and Armored Adventures. Yeah, he did uh, Hal Jordan. Right. He did Steve Trevor. He did Barry Allen and Wally West versions of The Flash. Like, the dude is all over the place when it comes to superheroes. And uh, more power to him. He's fantastic. He's the best. I love him. Um, he was in Pokemon Concierge. Yeah, that just came out. Also, something I need to watch. I thought you canceled your Netflix. I did. I'll find a way to watch it. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to episode number four. Oh, you did Iron Man in Midnight Suns. Knew it. Knew it was something like that. Uh, next up, episode four. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? Uh, this was the episode from season one that we we're supposed to get, but ended up getting pushed to this one. I liked how they reworked the intro of this one. Of it's like, hey, like, hey, remember this? Yeah, remember this ra- weird random character that popped up at the end of the last season? Josh Keaton also did Iron Man in Iron Man VR, the mm. video game. Yeah, that was a good I'm game. I'm now just scrolling through his IMDb. 
Mm-hmm. Did Ant Man in Marvel's Ultimate Alliance three? Yeah, dude, I wasn't kidding. This man is voiced Avengers Assemble. This man has voiced so many superheroes. He did Electro in the Spider Man video game. And like Spider Man PS4. Yeah. Spider Man twenty eighteen. I should stop, or I'm really just gonna should. keep going. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Iron Man, Grandmaster, Sakar, thoughts? Eh. I like the race. This stuff. was the one where I was like, all right, I probably didn't need this. It's fine. I like the I like the speed racer shit. Yeah, but it's just like this felt like an know. excuse for them to make a speed racer episode. It was just it it was pod racing, but but Marvel. I like, like the racing I, stuff. The rest of it, yeah. I I struggle fine. to ever care about Tony Stark. It's it's difficult to in this situation of just like, well, okay. I feel like, like we took whatever. out because this is Tony Stark like before he learned. Right, like, to not be a dick. Yeah, like he learns to not be a dick in Avengers. I was gonna say um, more, more so Iron Man three, because this is a this is Avengers Tony Stark, right? Because it's 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 the yeah, the, it's the very end. But like he learns it after like after coming to grips with the fact that he almost died and whatnot, and he just yeah, never the PTSD gets that. shapes him as a character. I don't feel like there was enough like knowing where the character is going for this to be what followed that PTSD inducing episode didn't seem right by the character feels like more like the the comic books and whatnot tony stark this feels more like a side quest to get him to iron man 3 exactly and it's like this is the tony stark that i don't like like i'm sorry tony fans i just i can't get behind this character um that said you know valkyrie is always great tessa thompson is the best um and uh as always shout out to jeff goldblum for being jeff goldblum yeah, he just is who he is. Mm-hmm. Moving right along, we, next up we got what if Captain Carter Carter fought, fought the Kata. What if Kata. Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Fun, fun episode. I love the mixing. Like we had a couple of these episodes, right? That like mixed a couple of movies together. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. I, I like the idea of it not being you know the Soviets, but being the Red Room that got to to Steve, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah, and it being the sacrifice at the end, um, I really like that he's not able to leave the suit. Like the suit is what's keeping him alive. If he leaves the suit, he yeah. will just he will die instantly. Also, they leave that open ended of like we like she's got to find Steve, and I do imagine that we're going to get a finale to this as part of a trilogy, like one episode per season, where they will get their happy ending in that universe. Like I don't think you put such an emphasis on captain carter throughout the series to not have her have the moment at the end of what if to mirror the moment that steve has at the end of endgame like it just makes sense to whether it's the steve in that universe or the watcher puts that captain carter puts peggy into a universe where she can be with steve like it does seem like after she is a three-time multiverse saver that it's only fair i can see that i could also see him going about like exiles which yeah. is a little bit of a weird comic pull for me. Um, but it was this group of multiversal heroes that kind of bop, bebop her in the universe, uh, saving dying universes. Which is kind of where I thought the finale of this episode or this season was going to go. But alas. It was until um, it wasn't. It was until it wasn't and then until it was again. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this was a fun one. I love. I think uh, Black Widow is the is the MVP of this this episode i still don't love captain carter personally but 
like, like I feel like there's more depth to this character than we got to Steve in the MCU. So that's what I kind of like. And I think it's probably just coming from Hilly Atwell's ability to embody the role in the way she does. That's fair. Yeah, I for me, I my issues with Captain Carter come fundamentally down to how they did Peggy in the original Captain America movie. Mm, yeah, um, that's fair. Especially with like how they ad- adapted this particular character, this particular character originally in in comic lore being a Nazi, uh, mm, yeah. and whatnot, and like, okay, I don't love this, um, but we're we're intent on keeping it, so. She doesn't pop up all that much for me to ever really hate it. But yeah, yeah I think this one's really fun. Uh, I love everything with the Red Room in this one. I love the cliffhanger as well of her getting portaled away. Us getting a cliffhanger this early on, I think, was a really good way of doing it. Of like, hey, what could possibly be happening? You're not going to find out for three episodes. Um, Which is fine because we only had to wait three days and not three weeks. Yeah. Also, um, I do want the last thing I want to shout out is just the opening segment of this one of like the other like small reverberations in this one of like the Avengers team being different, the Avengers team mm-hmm. having the Wasp, which yeah, that was means a lot of different yeah things of like bringing it back to more of like the act the original what it was originally the comic book Avengers and whatnot like yeah very fun stuff, very unique. Next we have the best episode though. What if Kahori reshaped the world? I don't even think we should talk about it. Just go watch this. Just go watch again. this one. Yeah, it if really is the it, best. Yeah, if you watch this to this point, the only thing I can say is just watch it again. Yeah. It's it's creative. It's funny as all hell. It's poignant. It's it's everything you could want out of like a 35-minute TV show. This is a better take on the narrative plot lines of Pocahontas. Than another highly touted cough, cough, Disney Avatar. property involving blue people, Avatar. and I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm not fuck Avatar. Uh, it, exactly. This is this is <laughs> leaps and bounds, but no one's gonna talk about this in the same breath as Avatar, except me, because I will. Because Avatar is not great, and this is a great this, this version of this story. I think is is really well done. It does draw parallels to those stories because it is a very similar idea of you know foreign invaders. Net resources, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, the resource being the mystical fountain of youth. Um, yeah, there are a couple but, things I want to shout out from this episode, particularly the voice actor, uh, Deborah Jacobs. Um, you might know her from stuff like uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls or Reservation Dogs. Um, she is fantastic. Uh, just for you, Mitch, she is Canadian. Um, yeah, she is. So a lot of the actors that you see in in most Western media when it comes to um, representing Native American culture are Canadian. And interesting, a lot of the productions actually come out of Canada because we have a lot of um, investment in the film and television industry that is tied to developing Canadian content specifically. So a lot of those like take place in the middle of the Arctic things are, you know, yeah, okay. largely Canadian productions, which is um, But Devery Jacobs will also be in Echo. So. Which um, they say that she's not playing the same character. Until I watch that show, I'm calling bullshit. Uh, her character has an entirely different name. So. And? Uh, fair enough. 
Uh, Hori is also a character that existed in like the conquistador time. So multiverse craziness can make that like just give yeah. me a post credit scene of the two of them standing together, or like it is her and she like awakens her ability or something in the MCU universe Earth. Like just just do it, do it. Yeah, they did that great stuff. Um, trying to. They do a good job of, you know, most of the casting. I think it's, uh, I try to figure out who was, uh, uh, Adorak, Adorak's, uh, voice actor. Cause I think it's Jeremy White. It is Jeremy White. Which feels a little off, but also that man's killing it right now. Uh, I like seeing, you know, though, you know, native actors play native roles and whatnot and Yada yada yada. We've said this so many times now. <laughs> um, so, Jeremy White is not Jeremy Allen White, for what it's worth. Oh, I was thinking I was bringing up Jeremy Allen White. Who's which yeah, one's Jeremy there, White? Who's Jeremy White then? Um, it doesn't look like he's done much else. Looks like he has like a podcast. Okay, cool. As long as he's not also. Oh, this guy. Okay, in that case, I, think I, don't, I don't know. Who he is doesn't. I mean, maybe he has Native American ancestry. It does look, yeah, based, yeah, he based does. on his he ID, does. he does. So, yeah, he does. Okay, I feel much Good. better now. I did not realize that, that was not Jeremy Allen White when I just read Jeremy White. If it had said, if it was Jeremy Allen White, it would say Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White, Allen White. And Wikipedia would have a link to Jeremy Allen White and not what it has. Which look, is man, nothing. we are recording this on January 1st. I'm so tired. <laughs> New dead. Year's was a time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, ignore the last five minutes. Um, let's talk about what if Hello found the Ten Rings. I do feel like these two episodes should have been switched in their order. I do think like Hella should have come before Kahori because I feel like ending the season on Kahori into 1602 into the finale would have been really, really strong. Yeah, I, can see I feel that. like this episode pulled me out oh. of the flow of the season. I forgot the damn cliffhanger at the end of the Kahori episode of Strange, yeah, Supreme, Strange Supreme shows up. Yeah, I totally thought what? that was going to be connected to the 1602 stuff. When that and it was eventually. It was, but also it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. What if Hello found the Ten Rings? This episode was fine. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I love seeing it, uh, It's the story of Thor, but it's Hella and um, Wenwu instead of Thor and Jane Foster. Mm -hmm. Which for and me, it was... didn't feel like enough of a like it was it was interesting visually, but it didn't feel like enough of a departure of what was done in the MCU for me to really vibe with it. Yeah, I like seeing Talo, and I wish I love seeing more of that. Uh, and I especially liked seeing more of um, Jiayi, um, Shang-Chi's mom. Jiaying? Um, oh, yeah, Jiayi. Sorry, I can't say things. It's been a long time since I watched that. I could also be wrong. Uh, however it's pronounced. It just sounded right. Just fucking idiots. Um, yeah. I love seeing more of her. I love seeing more of Talo. Like, legitimately, it might be one of my favorite locations of, like, you know, mysterious secret organization in the MCU because there's, like, 3,000 of them now. Mm -hmm. It was fun seeing the Ten Wings compound and whatnot. Like, yeah, it was very much still just Thor, but I thought at least the action was fun for this one. So goddamn smooth. Um... And also getting uh, giving a big old fuck you to Odin is always appreciated. I mean, getting like the goddess of life stuff was really neat at the end of like 
her having to like coming to that realization, like becoming worthy again was neat. Um, and I thought was really interesting looking compared to what we got in four, but ultimately it felt like a very same kind of plot. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think the only reason that I would not don't have it higher is because of how similar that plot is. Um, it definitely feels yep. like one of the earlier written episodes before some of the more wacky stuff, which is the best stuff. Feels like it could have been written for season one and pushed to season two just as an idea, even if it wasn't in production, similarly to the Grandmaster Iron Man episode. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into one of the best episodes now, which is what if the Avengers assembled in 1602? Give me this as a full show. God damn it. We're getting zombies. Zombies sucked. 1602 was so good. Dude, can you imagine if like one of the best fantasy things we got right now? Because like fantasy stuff coming out right now is really hit or miss. Can you imagine if one of the best fantasy things we got right now was a fucking Marvel show? I also like I could see them doing it just based on fan reaction. But if you wanted to like, I don't know how they're going to do Marvel zombies with the way that episode ended. If it's just the other characters in the same world or if it's a different world, that's also zombies. But like with the way that this ends, this episode specifically, you can't really do a continuation of the 1602 story because there is nothing left in 1602. The universe is dead. So. Yeah, they mentioned they did have a little bit. Uh, the zombies show does have a main character. Uh, which I think is very interesting. I'm just quickly making sure this I do is remember Shang-Chi in the key art, but I don't remember who the main character was. Well, the main character... Okay, perfect. Just wanted to make sure I had this right. The main character is Miss Marvel. Right, uh, yeah. But yeah, having those... It does seem like more of a continuation on that stuff. We'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. I think 1602, though, could lead to more stuff. Like, I love fantasy. I'm very much on a fantasy thing right now. Uh, just in terms of everything I watch, listen, read to. Like, I loved so much about this. I loved Wanda Merlin in this. Like, Yeah, Wanda um, Merlin was neat. Wanda Merlin was great. Uh, Sir Harold Hogan. Oh, sorry. Harold the Happy Hogan. Uh, who turns into the freak again for some reason. Great. The the Time Stone as Thor, Step, Thor Scepter. Loki being a real shitty actor. <laughs> Like everything was so fun about this episode. And this is the kind of stuff that I wish the show did more of. Like give us this fun, unique universes that are entirely every way, shape and form different from other stuff and keep going. Like everything with like the forerunner was like really, really fun. And I want to see more of this Rogers, you know, Rogers hood, um, Bucky, Scott Lang just absolutely being the most Scott Lang you could possibly be. He's just Paul Rudd, but in 1602, which is all you really need out of Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Well, he literally says cheer cheerio at one point. And I'm like, yep, that's perfect. No notes. Nope. The treehouse was also super cool. I just want to shout that out. This episode was just, it was fun. Oh yeah. Bruce popping up and like his mask being the original Iron Man mask and like the man in the iron mask. I thought was really fun. Mm-hmm. I love that everyone's like, yeah, Tony is a mad scientist. This, like he, I mean, he would be if he didn't have modern science, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish that... Um, I like the anomaly stuff. I think it's interesting, and it definitely is a good reason for keeping um, 
Captain Carter there. And Captain mm-hmm. Carter's story along with all of this is at least a little interesting after she just lost Steve once and now has to do it again. Like, that is interesting. I like that the anomaly stuff keeps her there, and I think that is kind of a setup for what we might see more of going forward. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. This woman out of time and space, like this woman out of time, space-time, similar to how Steve in the MCU is a man out of time, I think is a really interesting place to put this character. And it'll, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see that character's arc wrap up in season three, assuming that they had the four foresight and wherewithal to do so, which given how well season two was treated, I would hope that season three gets the same kind of treatment. I think it's the same kind of treatment, but I don't think it's wrapping her, her story up. I think Captain Carter, I think they kind of made Captain Carter this like mascot of the multiverse, so to speak, because it's very easy to be like, oh, that is very clearly an alternate universe Captain America. Like, it is very easy to to tell that out, show that out. So I was clicking through IMDb for some fun facts and was off, like, I had the awful realization that I was reminded that the Madam Web movie is still happening and coming out, and it's coming out this calendar year. I'm weirdly looking forward to this movie. It's not going to be good, but I'm so excited. It's going to be awful. I can, I, I, Spider-Man is my favorite character in in fiction and to see what they're doing with character like ugh, i just hate seeing what sony's doing with the character mm-hmm. i know i think it's universe. gonna be, i think it's gonna be bad but i'm looking forward to it weirdly enough also i, I just it. saw the trailer again today at the theater so um but yeah avengers assembled in 1602 is probably gonna be one of those episodes i go back to for this show like, it legitimately oh, yeah. is it's great it, it's an all-time it's great fun time yeah. uh and then we have our our fin- finale what is strange supreme intervened uh, eh. i like this it, i it didn't feel like it had the same um weight as the finale season one um it felt like having it be this hoary captain carter team up i did think they did some cool stuff of like here's everyone's shit just use it and be dope with it and it was like yeah right, it'll it's fun. It's a little weird seeing Hella's helmet on her, but like the rest of it, I'm like, yeah, I'm here for whatnot. We have enough little like fun Easter eggs and stuff that they can expand on into different universes later on. I do think it's fun. I do think it ends very well. I really like the ending of it yeah. of, you know, Hey, let's give y'all, let's give everybody a little bit more of a positive ending than what this normally would be. Um, every, I don't love this, the, the, strange popping up again though in this way um i think we got bits and fun pieces here but like oh yeah i'm gonna like it feels like a massive jump for me of i'm going to murder all of these people to save my world again after i just went through this whole thing about how i shouldn't do that i'm gonna just do it anyways i i get it with the way that season one ends with him in isolation the only like if you lose everything, the only thing that you're going to focus on, like if he has nothing else, is how to get that back. And I think the the tragedy of the only way for that universe to be restored was his death and the inability for him to be born into that universe. It, I think it's a great way to end the arc of that character because there was no redeeming this version of Doctor Strange because he was so far off the deep end that yes, he helped save the multiverse, but ultimately in doing so didn't save his universe. And with 
everything that he went through, the hundreds of years of training and all this stuff, trying to save his world. There was there was no redemption for this version of Strange. See, I never so thought I, there I, I was. Liked I liked the I liked the ending that we had for season one of there is no redemption. So he he is doomed now to sit in that loss, stay in that loss, and have to watch over this other situation with a uh, uh Killmonger Killmonger Ultron, um, Ultron yeah. <laughs> slash Infinity Stones. Right, like I. I get why they do it. I think it does like logically make sense. It's just not my favorite jump for it. Um, I think they wanted to try to make a finale though that had that same kick as last season, and it just it just doesn't. No. Um, that's why I was really hoping that they would go with this whole anomaly thing with sixteen oh two as the finale. I think this whole idea of dancing around to different universes, having to save dying universes, could be a really interesting take if they want to have that more singular story within what if I don't think that singular story should be in what if I like this more. Hey, what's happening here? Hey, what's happening here? Hey, what's happening here? Anthology style. But I wonder if that's what we'll get from season three, because the end of this of being like, just show me the multiverse could just be them jumping universe to universe, trying to keep it alive. And then seeing the tree. Oh, dude. Oh, Oh my God. Like that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, shit's going down. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for season two, which or season three, which I did not think I would be saying after the no, show. Like I said, this like I think in terms of Marvel television, there isn't much that can beat Jessica Jones season one or Daredevil season one for me. This is like top three. This is Any day of the week, there. it can it can flip, but like those three are like I put this in that upper echelon of Marvel television. It's just it's that damn good. See, it's it's close for me. There's still stuff I like more. I don't think anything will ever beat season one of Jessica Jones. Like that it, is it, that is on David a whole another level. Too goddamn good. And I have stuff like I still personally fucking love Hawkeye. Hawkeye is also like, great. Yeah, I don't think see this ever beating that, but it is definitely great television. It is, it is worth the sit down and watch. I love that most, for the most part, most of these episodes are, yeah, I can just turn this on. Why not? I can jump around here and there and whatnot. With the exception of the uh, finale. Like, you can sit down and watch anything. There is no prior knowledge you need for any of these. You can sit mm-hmm. down, get all the information you need, have a good time. Um, I think this, I think this series still has uh, the same issue that the original comic books had where I think uh, it takes them a little bit too much time to flesh out some of these worlds before getting into the actual story of it. But I think that's less an issue with the show and more of just one of those issues when you have this kind of show where we Mm -hmm. can have infinite universes. Yeah, you can really tell any stories you want. And I really hope with season three, presumably being the end of the show, that they... They go off the rails, even more so than they did with season two. Did they say season three was going to be the end of the show? Or are we just assuming that? Like, I, don't I think I'm just assuming it. Because but... like, I can see it happening. but Also, for what it's worth, this re- that Red Guardian episode was supposed to be a season two episode. Yes. Uh, just so that we have that confirmation there. Um, looking through if there's anything else we need to talk about. 
because yeah, I mean, if it's if season three is the end of it, I would hope that it gets like a proper ending. But I can honestly see this this show going for a little while. It's much easier to do animation than it is to do to do animated superhero stuff than it is to do it in live action. Mm-hmm. Like you can get these people who have you know retired from these roles and just be like, hey, we don't need you to ridiculously work out for this role you can just come into a voice booth and record some lines like i do think that that is possible here yeah i i don't want like it is but i also don't know like i know there's an infinite number of stories that can be told but eventually we'll just get to a point where like okay there is like there isn't enough originality to it like you can only do so much to push this envelope or in, in the case of this, like having this through line of strange Supreme and, and captain Carter, like unless you're going to find another way to do something, I don't want to see this drag on too long. It, it's, I will say it's one I of those things the... where it's great in small doses, but I think if they went on for like seven or eight seasons, this would end up being one of those things. Of just like, why did it carry on so long? I, like, yeah, I do have the massive caveat of they can, I think they could continue this show into infinitum. Assuming the stories they tell don't get stale. And I do think that there is enough there because we're doing about nine episodes a season. Um, yeah. I do think that there's enough stories there, even in just the base MCU, to do another three, four seasons of this. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone has their, like, they announced season three and everyone was throwing out, like, oh, I would love to see this. I would love to see this. Like, personally, would still love to see the what if Wanda watched musicals instead of sitcoms. <laughs> just saying. Come on, guys. It's super easy. It sets itself up. But... Like, I, I do think the wait and see if we got a season four plus announcement. Mm-hmm. I think also everything kind of just depends on where Marvel goes next. It's Marvel's yeah. in a massive state of flux right now, so a bit of a bit of a funk. I feel like this, at least for me, pulled me out of a bit of the funk I was feeling for the MCU. We'll see if uh, X Men '97 and Spider Man Freshman Year can continue oh, yeah. to pull us out of that funk and hopefully from an Marvel's, animation perspective hopefully marvel zombies does great too um do we know when they were saying marvel zombies show was going to come out no i could have sworn i could have sworn zombies was 2024 it might be but the, the thing is with animation like um what well, if season two was supposed to be early 2023 well so, so well marvel zombies is also like four episodes it is a miniseries oh is it mm-hmm Oh, okay. I have then, my yeah, own I concerns. can see that happening this year. Um, particularly it being written by Zeb Wells. But mm-hmm. creator of your new favorite uh, comic book character, Mitch. Um, so He's not, just for what it's worth. <laughs> Mitch loves rec rap. Um, I don't. I really don't. Yeah, that's the episode, folks. Watch What If Season 2. Watch it. Yeah. Really, it's really let damn good. You, let us know. Yeah, we got comments on the YouTubes and the Twitters and the X and the Instas. Let us, let us know, know what you think. Yeah. It's a weird episode. We're real tired. It's a new year. We'll be going back into new things. As Percy Jackson. We. Mm-hmm. Our next episode, assuming timing is all correct, quickly checks. Are we doing Treasure Planet next? Our next or episode Echo? will be Echo. Uh, so we will get that out for y'all, and then after that, we'll do Treasure Planet, Mitch, because I need you to watch this because it's so okay. Good. It's such a good movie. It really is. We'll see. This isn't like me telling you that Camp Rock was a great movie, only to have my like childhood shattered. This is actually a good movie. All right, we'll see. 
I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> so yeah, keep an eye out for us, folks. Keep an eye out for all of our other stuff. And until next time, have a magical day. Excelsior.